Who's your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions, concerns, and needs? Ours is Hard True, the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces, equipment, and accessories for over 90 years. Partner with their trusted team of experts, along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb, Alex Rybakov, and Dustin Taylor to bring the surface provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility. Whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. To learn more about their state-of-the-art surfaces, along with their catalog customizable on-court accessories, check out hardtrue.com or call 877-442-7878 today. That's hardtrue.com or 877-442-7878 today. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, April 9th. We've got a two-mini break Friday for all of you listeners. As first, we have a bonus episode as we are joined by our friend from Midwest Sports Product Manager, Dave Limke, to discuss the latest products being offered at MidwestSports.com. Now, today, we focus in on the rackets, in particular, the Babolat Pure Aero, Head Graphene 360 Plus Extreme. And the Yonix, not Yonix, Yonix, a mistake you'll hear me make later in the podcast, V-Core 100 rackets. We also talk about some brand new Nike kicks. We talk about making the transition from indoor to outdoor tennis. Always a great time whenever Dave stops by the program. And again, today is no exception. Of course, the reason we're able to do these podcasts day in, day out here on the mini break feed because of the support we get from you listeners, from our Cracked Rackets Patreon family, and of course, from our friends at Midwest Sports. And we talk a lot about the products on today's podcast, so I'll be brief with the plug here. MidwestSports.com, the promo code is CR15. Just quickly want to note, we will be recapping Friday's action later on on the mini break feed, so be on the lookout for that. Of course, if you want to hear more about college tennis, more about the Challenger Tour, or more about the first third of the season, go check out the Great Shot podcast feed. If you want to hear from members of the University of Illinois men's tennis team, be sure to go check out our Cracked Interviews feed and to find all of our content. The website is CrackedRackets.com. With that in mind, let's get to today's bonus episode with our friend from Midwest Sports, Dave Lemke. (music) 
Joining us on the podcast once again today, a returning champion here at Cracked Rackets, one of the men who helps make the mini break happen day in, day out. He is our friend from Midwest Sports, Dave Linke. Welcome back to the show. How are you holding up? Hey, Alex. Doing all right. Glad to be back. Uh, feels like spring is here, and hopefully it's here to stay, and uh, people are getting getting back out on the courts. A hundred percent. Are you someone who the moment it's over 40 degrees, the moment the courts are dry and the nets are up, you're hitting outdoors over indoors? Or are you someone like me, Midwest roots? You know, if the opportunity to hit indoors presents itself, I never pass that up. Yeah, I don't I don't pass it up. I mean, I will say the, the courts that are closest to my house, um, you know, they're good for uh, for practice, you know, hitting serves and things like that. But in terms of if you want to play a match, they're not they're not the best. So uh, I tend to play indoors if I can in the winter. And, uh, you know, as soon as it warms up a little outside, we, uh, you know, typically a club that will uh, that will go play because the courts are a lot nicer. But, yeah, when you get those days where it's kind of like, you know, 50 degrees, 45 degrees, you're like, ah, I guess I, I can go hit a little bit. So I'll go out and I'll hit some serves and uh, um, just hit it around a little bit with my kids and stuff. So, but, yeah, I, I prefer being outside. So, um no, I, I would 100% echo that. I would echo that sentiment. And I was wondering, you know, I've been looking, searching for a podcast to share this story with our listeners. I feel like now is the perfect time to do so. Obviously, Crack, well, obviously, I guess it's not obvious for listeners who don't know, Crack Rackets is based in Indianapolis. Of course, here's where the obviously comes in. The NCAA tournament was held here over the past month. And, you know, as such, we've had the chance to have Andy Katz on the podcast before. He covers college tennis pretty closely for the NCAA, for CBS. And so, uh, or he did back in the day. But so, you know, I was texting him. I was like, hey, if you're in town, you're in my city, like you want to grab dinner, drinks, whatever. I was trying to be a professional, like, let me know. And he goes, Alex, it's actually really nice outside. And I've been on the road for 20 days and I haven't been able to exercise like any chance you'd be willing to hit with me and I was like Andy Andy that's all you had to ask like I don't even like dinner and drinks like are you kidding (laughs) you could be named candy ats and anyone who asks me to hit I'm gonna say yes to and so of course we did hit it was a beautiful day he's like let's hit outside I'm like done of course he and I, the reason I wanted to share this story, a little bit of bragging, of course, to boost the ego, you know, it, it's two different worlds, right? If you grew up playing tennis and you've been a part of the sport, it's different than someone who picked up tennis as an adult and is just starting to play. And so, you know, again, I'm playing checkers. He's playing chess out there. But as such, you know, I'm a courteous fellow. I'm trying to be polite. I'm not going to go out there and just blow him off the court. I told my parents, I told my brothers, like, oh, I was like, hey, I'm hitting with Andy Katz. I can guarantee you what the score of the first game is going to be. Do you want to try and guess what the score was, Dave? Uh, ground, stro- ground stroke game to 11. Did you play it? Oh, uh, I don't know. Did you shut him out? <laughs> no, I. So again, <laughs> no, I'm trying to be courteous. Uh, you know, courteous. I don't want him to never respond to my text. So I was like, parents, brothers, it's going to be an oh. 11-7 scoreline. Went down That's to the exactly. wire. Yeah, it, yeah, it went exactly. Down to the wire then. Exactly. And I have to say, for someone who started as an adult, Andy Katz has, you know, pretty nice serve, a pretty nice, well-rounded game. But like, yeah, I'm not going to start ripping winners down the line. At one point, I kept coming, you know, I kept moving forward trying to get him to bump lob me. And I think he finally like did. And I made the tweener I was going for. And he was like, oh, damn, like you actually played this sport. And I was like, I did. I was like, I hate to be a 
but like I did play this sport. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I just feel like that was this was the only platform for me to share that story, and it speaks to the fact that yeah, that's funny. Out- yeah, no, outdoor tennis is upon us, and, you know, certainly I say this on every mini break, but if you guys want to update your equipment, the best gear at the best prices, go check out our friends at MidwestSports.com. As always, you use that promo code CR15. Not only will you let them know we sent you there, but you'll get some fantastic deals as well. And I know this is a topic we've covered before, Dave, but before we get into all of the new equipment available for our listeners, I wanted to ask you because I, and again, we, we've talked about this. We seem to talk about it whenever there's a changing of the season, but you know, casual tennis players, people new to the sport, people who may follow it, but don't play it with, uh, you know, play it as competitively. They don't think about their equipment. They don't think about what happens to my string tension. What's going to happen to the shots I hit when I'm playing in 20 to 30 degree warmer weather and I'm playing in windy conditions and just, again, going from indoors to outdoors. That's a huge change for any tennis player for what you're going to have to deal with. I mean, it's, you know, if unless you're Roger Federer, does string tension really matter? Only to an extent. But how important is it to adjust your equipment, Dave, for the changing of the seasons, for the changing from indoors to outdoors? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of layers to that question, certainly. I think it depends on maybe how active you are over the winter, you know, if you don't play as much. Um, if when you transition to playing outside, you know, do you do you play at a club that has clay courts, you know, where the ball's a little slower? Um, so, so things like that will factor in. I think first thing is just kind of evaluate your equipment. You know, if it's been, you know, several years or you can't remember how long it's been since you've gotten a new racket, uh, you know, that's that's always a consideration um, to uh, to update the model of racket you're using. Uh, if your racket's fairly, you know, decent shape, you know, evaluate the string, you know, the tension's going to drop on the string. It's going to lose its response, even just sitting there, um, you know, so it can always help to freshen up your strings. That's always going to help um, evaluate your footwear. You know, again, uh, if you're not playing every single day, you know, you're probably not going to put a hole in the shoe, but that being said, the cushioning will flatten out over time. So, you know, if it's been six to 12 months since you've got a new pair of tennis shoes, just things to kind of evaluate and take stock on. Um, I think, again, too, as you transition outside, if you are going to be playing more on clay courts, um, some people like to lower their string tension a little bit when they play on clay. feel like it gives them a little more spin, a little more uh, depth on their shots. Um, you may look for a clay court shoe. with has got a clay court specific outsole, sort of that herringbone chevron shape that helps you uh, kind of push off and slide on clay maybe a little more effectively. Um, you know, we do sell a lot of... Uh, Kind of training gear this time of year in terms of like ball hoppers, uh, you know, agility ladders, cones, you know, stuff like that where people are like, ah, oh, you know what, kind of want to grind it out, maybe hit a hit a, a, a basket of serves, you know, to warm up and just try to improve their game a little bit. So we definitely see more of that uh, this time of year too, where people are looking to kind of train a little bit more um, to maybe improve their game. So yeah, just just little things, but sometimes it helps to kind of step back and take stock and say, gosh, I can't remember the last time I insert you know bought a racket restrung my racket bought a new pair of shoes and if you can't remember it's probably time (laughs) so um but it never hurts to take stock so 
Yeah. No, I, I uh, would a thousand percent echo that sentiment. It's funny because, again, to get back to the Andy Katz story, I walked out there and he's like, those are your shoes. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm not in the best condition right now. I've got a nice – like the sole on the left shoe is starting to come apart from the rest of the shoe. And it, it's not great. It's not great. But I, that was when the smack talk tar- started. I was like, Andy, trust me. I don't need new shoes to beat you today. Um, and he was just kind of <laughs> laughing. And he was like, okay, that's fair. Um, but, no, again, it's, it's just a good thought because, you know, certainly um, – yeah, it's just especially early in the season before it is warm outside. If you're playing in a Midwest state like you and I would be, Dave, you know, it's 40, 50 degrees outside. Although I, I suppose we're hitting 60 before we know it. But, yeah, I mean, the colder days in particular, you know, now that it's nice outside, you may be more inclined to be like, oh, I'm just going to leave my rackets in the car. That's totally cool. Still not a cool thing to do. Right, Dave? Uh I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, you can't always <laughs> avoid that necessarily. But, uh, you know, some of the fancier racket bags actually have a thermally lined compartment that'll, you know, protect your rackets a little bit more against the temperature extremes. But, yeah, that being said, uh, you know, I probably would not make a habit of keeping uh, really any equipment in the car because whether it's a hopper full of tennis balls or a tennis racket, uh, you know, even your shoes, extreme heat especially will break down resins and just things that hold those 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 products together and um it's just not going to perform as well as if you leave it in there so i mean if you can avoid it i know it's not always convenient to, to haul everything in and out with you but uh if you can avoid it i'd probably try to keep things relatively uh climate controlled as much as you can yeah no i mean first of all if you are ashamed to bring your rackets into your house uh we have another conversation we probably need to be having because like come on don't be ashamed to be a tennis player it's cool you can tell your friends uh they might even enjoy it with you but yeah no it's just again these are the little details that you don't think about uh during the you know the course of an ownership of a racket all the little things but they do add up and so certainly again we want everyone to be in a position to play their best tennis with the changing of the season that's why I wanted to bring up that reminder. Of course, if they want to update their equipment, there's a bunch of new items, a bunch of new things available for them at MidwestSports.com. That's why we wanted to have you on the show today, Dave, not only just to chat with you as always, but to talk about some of those new items. And let's start with the rackets, because whenever there's a new racket available, I think that's going to excite any tennis fan out there. Sometimes it's just an update of a paint job. Sometimes there are some significant technological changes. Uh, Let's work our way through in the racket. I want to start with is the Yonix V-Core 100, because I think it was Navratilova used to rock the Yonix back in the day, but from like the, you know, throughout the 90s to the early 2010s, mid 2010s, Yonix wasn't the big name brand. They didn't have the big players at the highest levels having success. But now you look, whether it's at the junior level, collegiate level, professional level, you start to see Yonix everywhere, Dave. And, you know, the Yonix V Core 100, I feel, you know, I was talking to some people who said, and just people related to college tennis who work on rackets for teams. And they were like, everyone we talk to says the Yonix rackets are the technology of the future. I know there are a lot of good rackets out there, but your thought on their brand and on the V-Core 100. No, it's, it's, it's solid. I mean, it's a brand that their heritage has been sort of that isometric head shape. You know, when you look at the rackets uh, close to kind of a traditional, more oval shape, 
Um, and I have to correct your pronunciation. Um, myself too. I said Yonex forever. It's Yonex. So Yonex, uh, excuse Yoniyama. me. I knew it as I was saying it too. The founders, the founders' last name is Yoniyama, so that's that's where the name comes from, Yonex. So not to be pompous and arrogant about it. I'm just um, <laughs> no, I appreciate. And that. I'll probably start saying Yonex here in a second. <laughs> um, no, Yonex. So yeah, their their head shape has been kind of their calling card for a long time. And uh, yeah, going back to the days of Navratilova and. Uh, I mean, Pat Cash won Wimbledon with it, and, uh, you know, Marcelo Rios, Leighton Hewitt. I mean, go on and on and on. I mean, they've got really strong tour heritage, and, and uh, you know, the product quality is top-notch. It's actually the one racket brand that's not manufactured in China. It's, it's uh, Most of the rackets are made in Japan, so quality of workmanship's maybe a little higher than some of the other brands. Um, but I, I think once people start playing with a Yonex racket, there's a, a loyalty that becomes part of that. And it could just be something behind, you know, the way that they play with that head shape. Um, you know, they've got a, a variety of models, kind of something there for everybody. But I think the uh, the loyal the loyalty that they're able to kind of engender once people start playing with them is a real thing. And we see that uh, people consistently buy that brand after they've started buying the brand. So, um, you know, the interesting thing with uh, the V-Core is that it's... Um, a little bit of it's a paint job. I mean, it looks really cool. They updated it for 2021, and that's kind of their spin silos uh, racket. So that's the racket uh, you see on tour with uh, with Angelique Kerber and uh, Denis Shapovalov, um, who I still swear it's Tomas Muster. Like 30 years later, I mean, if you watch the video, <laughs> Tomas Muster, it's it's incredible. I mean, it's really. And, and I grew up watching Muster play, so I always lo- I always love to watch him kind of grind it out. But, um, just Shapovalov, just with the amount of spin that he hits, and, and, and Kerber as well. Um, and that's what the V-Core kind of lends itself to. It's got a more aerodynamic beam design. You know, there's uh, some cool little tr- kind of tweaks they do with the grommets that just allows for a little more string movement, which is where a lot of the spin comes from, in addition to your swing plane and everything else. But um, just a lot of little small engineering tweaks that – you know, by themselves, maybe don't make a huge difference, but I think they always do a really good job of packaging these technologies together, again, with that isometric head shape that really adds up to be a, a pretty strong package. And again, the V cores are kind of geared to that spin player. So um, that's uh, that's kind of the common theme about the rackets I threw out to you today. So spin is uh, spin is what all the all the kids are doing these days. So this is a racket. That has to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. All the cool kids use spin. But um, yeah, no. First of all, if you think the Thomas Mooster Dennis Shapovalov comparison is apt, this is just a random thing. Go on YouTube and watch Dominic Stricker the 2020, I want to say, junior French Open champion who just won his first challenger, and you're going to be like, this is Shapovalov just five years later, 18 years old, absolute stud, uh, while we're making comparisons in the Shapovalov family. He belongs. Um, But, yeah, I I mean – you know, these Yonex rackets, it, it really does – it feels like there's uh, not only the spin to them, which, by the way, when you're going outdoors from indoors, you're going to need to put more spin on the ball. But I just feel like there's a feel with them as well, and I've had the chance to use one. I, I feel like – again, it's just you, – you're not sacrificing any power, and yet you still have perhaps a little bit more feel than some of the other rackets. Yeah, and again, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where they do uh, – they kind of evolve their rackets from year to year. They don't fundamentally necessarily change them, but they just come up with little tweaks. And one of the things they started using, a, 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 I want to say probably 18 months ago, is vibration dampening mesh. So they put a sort of a mesh 
uh, sleeving in the in the handle, and it just does a really nice job of kind of I'd say filtering out kind of the harshness and vibration, um, but without dampening the feel. So it does a nice job of uh, kind of getting rid of the vibrations you don't want and keeping those that you do, so you still feel the ball. So um, yeah, again, it's a great sum of the many parts. I think by themselves maybe don't mean a whole lot, but when you put them all together, they really add up to a nice package. No, a hundred percent. And uh, I mean, look, it, it's not just the Yonix rackets. And again, it's the Yonix V-Core 100, which is the racket Shapovalov, Kerber, all of these players are using. But there's a couple of new additions as well, and we're going to focus on these spin-centric rackets. Head Graphene 360 Plus Extreme. I believe that's the Berrettini racket. Tell our fans a little about it. Yeah, it's hard to miss on tour. This was always the one that was kind of optic, kind of optic yellow. And uh, yeah, the idea with uh, Extreme when it came out of a number of years ago was that it was, uh, you know, kind of one of these rackets defined as a tweener. So it's kind of in between power and control, uh, in between midsize and oversize. Uh, not a real thin beam, not a real thick beam, not, not a real thick beam, kind of in between. So you know, Vavala Pure Drive is probably the definitive tweener racket. Uh, in the marketplace. So this was kind of, I think, uh, Head's attempt to inject something into that part of the line that was just, you know, kind of versatile all around. Um, it's also got a little more of a rounded head shape to it. So if you look, you have to look fairly closely at, uh, at, at the rackets, maybe next to a traditional frame to see that, but they've kind of used this more rounded uh, kind of head geometry. And the idea with that is that you can kind of roll the ball a little more from like the three o'clock to the nine o'clock position, more spin. So uh, again, these aren't things where, um, you know, if you're swinging at the ball with a continental grip, all of a sudden you're going to be hitting incredible topspin. No, I mean, it's, it's a sum of the parts. So it's the head geometry. It's the using, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's a, it's a grommet system that just allows for a little more string movement. It's a larger grommet. Um, that allows for uh, more spin because of the extra string movement. Um, and again, it comes down to your swing plane as well. That's where a lot of the spin comes from fundamentally. But uh, just some of the design cues on the extreme kind of lend itself to um, that that kind of big swinging topspin player uh, along the lines of a Berrettini. Um, for a number of years, they didn't have a lot of tour players using it, but Probably Richard Gasquet was the most famous guy, I think, over the years that used it. And now Berrettini, you know, they've got a perennial top 10 player using it as well. Uh, I should say endorsing it because, of course, they all use something different than what they sell. But we all know that, right? So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's pretty it's a pretty solid it's a pretty solid frame. I think it kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. I mean, Head's got a lot of a lot of racket series to kind of navigate through. And I think extreme sometimes gets lost. Maybe that's why they always paint it optic yellow. So it like jumps off the wall when you're looking at it. But um, no, it's a really, it's a really solid racket. I'd consider it kind of a sleeper uh, that if, uh, you know, people are looking for something to try, um, interested in the headline, that's, that's definitely one to look at if you're a spin player. If I get the racket, do I also get Berrettini's subsequent pecs and chest and, you know, uh, arms and everything? Do I get to rock that body now too? I don't know. I, 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 we're not involved. We're not involved in that trade. So I don't know. <laughs> well, if you start getting involved, let me know. But no, I mean, I, I think it's my doubles partner, former doubles partner, Max Rothman, just switched to the head graphene 360 plus, and he loves it. I mean, 
there again there are so many good options out there right now of course an option many people are going to be familiar with the final racket i want to talk about today and by the way as always we play a little game here at crack rackets over under 15 and a half minutes before the term grommet is used whenever we have you on the podcast we hit the slight over today but we got both grommet and isometric off the board so shout out to us babylon pure arrow though it's a Bablot racket. People know what to expect. Give us the deal. Yeah, so this is one that's, uh, you know, been in the line for a long time for, for Bablot. You know, Rafa Nadal is obviously the, the face of the franchise and has been for a long time. And, uh, you know, everybody knows the way he, he swings at the ball and the spin he generates. And, uh, you know, this is his, uh, his weapon of choice. So um, kind of the freshening they've done on it for 2021 really is cosmetic. Uh, plain and simple. So it's the, it's the pure arrow that came out in 2019, just a really nice evolution of the line. Uh, the cosmetic that's out right now is really cool. Uh, not paid to say this, I mean, that's why I played, I played with these forever. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I love the new cosmetic so far. It seems to be really connecting with people. They've, they've been selling pretty well. Um, he was out on court with it last year, but I think Babylon just, uh, didn't have a real good way to bring it to market yet until this year. So, so here we have here we have it. So, um, but yeah, cosmetic update for 2021. But uh, the guts of it are the same from 2019, but still really strong. Um, again, it's got that aerodynamic beam, gets through the air a little bit quicker. Um, I'll use the grommet word again because again they use sort of the, <laughs> the slotted uh, the slotted grommets, which allow for a little more string movement. Uh, which again, along with your swing plane, is what helps you put spin on the ball. So. Um, just a lot of cool little engineering, uh, technologies. Um, some of the same things they do in the pure drive, uh, they use in the layup of this, uh, it's like a viscoelastic material that just helps get rid of some of the harshness and some of the vibration frequencies you don't want and keeps some of the ones that you do. And it just gives it a really nice feel. It just feels really solid, really crisp. Um, again, I'm a little biased cause I've used these things for a long time, but, uh, they don't pay they don't pay me to say that. I just, I think it speaks to um, the versatility. Uh, the racket does sell well. I mean, there's a variety of, of weights, um, you know, for every player. If you want something a little heavier than the Rafa spec, something a little bit lighter, there's just different iterations of it too. So uh, I think just for the fact that it's so versatile, um, it works for a lot of players and, you know, spins what you're looking for. It's kind of the the hallmark, I think, in the industry that a lot of other brands aspire to. So, um, but uh, and it looks cool for this year. So that never hurts. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, look, it's clay court season, right? And as we all know, men's tennis in particular, uh, usually come the French Open, the champions can be using a Babolat racket. And yeah, that's because. <laughs> Yeah, odds are. And so, you know, maybe you want to use one as well, of course. That's the the rackets we wanted to highlight today. There are also, of course, I suppose this was a bit of a tease earlier on. I mentioned the fact that my shoes are finally starting to break down. I currently own a pair of Nikes. It's time for me to update. And unfortunately, I'm not being paid to say that. I would happily be paid by Nike to say that. But I believe we have the return of the Nike Vapor. Is that correct? Yeah, so uh, you know the Vapor franchise has been around for a long, long time. I mean, for the longest time, it was uh, Federer's shoe, and uh, he's obviously on to greener pastures now, and uh, not wearing Nike anymore. But uh, literally you know, greener shoes, pastures, literally. Yeah, sure. We'll say we'll say that. I mean, I don't know. Just 
We don't sell any of it, so that's, that's no okay. three hundred so, million dollars over ten yeah, years. Greener hard, pastures. Hard like, to argue yeah. with that. But, <laughs> exactly. But but the the point being that it's been it's a model that's been around for a long time. It's got a really strong following, and you know every two years or so, Nike shakes things up and and comes out with kind of the next generation. So uh, the model we've got now that that updates uh, what was previously the Vapor Ten, Vapor X, whatever you want to call it. Um, they've now got the Nike Vapor Pro. Um, and it came out a few months later than I think everybody wanted it. They were looking for it in the spring season. And, uh, you know, Nike chose to not release this until uh, they technically call this the summer season, but March, April. And so now we finally have it, Nike Vapor Pro. So it's it's got a lot of things that are similar to the Vapor X, that low to court, um, kind of low to the ground, fast feeling shoe, uh, very easy to break in, lighter weight. So it ticks all those boxes. It's just got like some cool kind of asymmetrical lacing updates. Colorways are really cool. Uh, the price actually came down a little bit on it. Um, I think it feels a little more boardy than the old version, but um, that's that's in the eye of the beholder. So I think the fact that it's a little less expensive is actually a pretty, a pretty positive thing. So, um, so far it's been selling really well. And I think people are excited that there's something out there for them now if they like the old version. Um, they also came out with a kind of a, I don't know if you want to call it an evolution, an offshoot of it, but it's the uh, React Vapor NXT. So they use React foam, in it, which they use in some of their running shoes. And that version of the Vapor is definitely a more substantial shoe. It's a little chunkier feeling, definitely has a more, more cush to it, but you sit up a little bit higher in it. It's got kind of that sleeve design where you have to really kind of stretch it on your foot. Um, it's kind of love-hate. People really like it or they don't like it. Um, so the, 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 the React Vapor NXT has not been the one that I've seen people gravitating to that have been traditional Vapor customers. I think that's more who the Vapor Pro is. Uh, so we'll see. Time will tell. I think so far the Vapor Pro is winning the battle of the new Vapors. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how it all pans out. But uh, no, we're excited to have those back. Those are, those are always solid product lines for us. And, uh, you know, a bunch of colors every season, men and women. Uh, they're doing a kid's version as well. So, um, yeah, just definitely some cool stuff out there from the swoosh. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, look, it's a Nike shoe. You know what you're getting into. Whenever you buy a Nike product, there are some bright colors. Uh, if that's for you, of mm -hmm. course, there are some more muted colors if you'd like those as well. But, yeah, mm -hmm. a Nike shoe is a Nike shoe. I agree with you. And so you know, there's a nice little rhyme there that, uh, again, so many good products. <laughs> it's not just those, but you can find everything you're looking for on MidwestSports.com. Uh, I do want to ask you one more question before we go, Dave, because this yeah. week uh, there is – is currently, you know, the uh, WTA Charleston event going on. That's happening on the green clay. And tennis players around the States, if likely if they've played on clay here in the U.S., it was on a green clay instead of a red clay. And, you know, that's one of those little things. Yes, you can sort of tell green clay isn't as gritty, isn't, you know, as perhaps a red clay court. It's more of a superficial, I suppose, clay is the way of saying it. But I feel like there's no better person to ask than you. If you could, if you wouldn't mind explaining the differences between the green and the red clay and perhaps why we have an abundance of the green, but not as much of the red stuff here in the States. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's just geography. I mean, I think yeah. uh, you, you tend to see more red clay in, in Europe, uh, South America, just because it's a naturally occurring material. You know, it's easier to source there and um, – you know, that just 
for whatever reason over the years that's the the material because it was readily available that was what was used to uh to to, to set up clay courts um which is also why you see more if you're in europe if you're in south america you know there's a, a clay court version of most of the tennis shoes um probably sell more regular duty tennis balls which is what are you know optimized to play on on a clay court with but um you know, in the U.S., where there's not as much uh, red clay readily available, there's some in the South, but, um, you know, I had to kind of look this up, but I, I kind of knew the history a little bit, but, you know, Hartrue is the name, that, the trade name, but like the tournament in Charleston, that kind of that grayish green, um, that's, a, that's a stone that's a little more readily available in the U.S. Uh, that can be mined more easily, so I just think accessibility to it is you know, the reason that you see that green clay in the U.S. much more than the red clay. Um, H.A.R. was the guy's initials <laughs> that developed Hartrue. So that's, uh, you know, that's where the name comes from. But, um, you know, you really just, it's, 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 it comes down to a geography thing. That's why you see it in the States. And then when you get outside of the States, you tend to see more red clay just because that's where it naturally occurs. But I've, I've heard that, the green stuff's a little faster uh, than red. Uh, I've only played on red clay a handful of times in my life, but um, you have to look pretty hard to even find a red clay court in the U.S. They, they are out there, but I think people usually go to great expense to install those. Um, aesthetically, my opinion, I like the red clay a lot better, um, but uh, that's, you know, whatever. That's just, that's just looks. So, um, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, it's interesting, but I definitely, uh, I love playing on clay, but just, you know, in the States, uh, you, you tend to see the, the hard true stuff. And I think you're, you know, you're typically only going to find that in, in, in club settings too, just because the maintenance of it is, is so much more rigorous than a hardcore, you know, you're not going to have a, a municipality put in clay courts and then have, you know, kids go in there and tear them up with their dirt bikes or, you know, something like that. You typically tend to see them in a more controlled like club setting. Uh, you know, they've got to be redone every year. The, the, the lines are actually nailed down. I mean, there's just a lot more maintenance involved with it, which a club's more suited to do than, again, just your kind of neighborhood park, which is going to be a, a hard court, you know, 99% of the time. So, um, and that's, so I think, idea... why, that's why, well, when's the last time an American won, you know, the French Open? I mean, that's, that's yeah. always the classic knock on American tennis. Like, we don't grow up on clay, so we don't know how to formulate points and da, 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 da. And, you know, an American man hasn't won the French open for, I'm sure somebody knows the answer to this right off the Ever. top of their head. Forever. It's Agassiz, the long, last guy, right? Long time. Yeah. I mean, you had Agassi and Courier and Chang had one in there. So for a little while there, we were making some inroads, but, you know, as of late, um, you know, there, there hasn't been uh, a ton of movement on that front, but, uh, Anyway, that's that's the history that I know on the uh, the red versus green clay. No, so. I I appreciate it. And it is worth noting, you know, the USTA at their new super campus in Orlando, it's like fifty green clay courts, and I think there are eight red clay courts as well. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's you know, again, it's part of it's just a symptom of the geography that the red clay is not available. You know, green clay gets frustrated. Uh, I, I I like any clay though. I will say, if you train on clay versus you normally training on hardcore, you're going to feel it in your legs. You're going to be like, yeah. oh, this is different. It's a great way to get in shape. And then you get on the concrete of a hard court, and you're like, wow, this is way easier. You're like, I like this way better uh, from a movement standpoint. Although, you know, again, it's 
you know, we'll take what we can get. Uh, certainly, uh, it to ask someone at a public park, you leave like what four rakes out, and you're like, please rake this clay court when you're done using it. Uh, that's never gonna happen. Yeah, uh, never so, happen. Yeah. Exactly. It's the little things, of course, as well. But as always, Dave, it is a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you. I will ask, you know, again, MidwestSports.com for all of the Midwest sports gear. Any other cool things our fans should be aware of coming down the pipeline? Well, I mean, we could really go on for a few days if you wanted to. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody wants that. So we'll we'll definitely save it for uh, for the next time. But uh, I'm always I'm always glad to hop on and uh, and run through the latest and greatest and uh yeah i I always enjoy uh i always enjoy doing these yeah of course it is our pleasure as well dave stay safe stay healthy we'll talk to you soon thanks alex you take care bye-bye Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Midwest Sports Product Manager Dave Lemke. I am not just saying this because they're a sponsor. I sincerely always enjoy whenever I get the chance to chat with Dave. Such a fun-spirited guy. Clearly uh, someone who loves the game of tennis and would do whatever he can to help promote the sport. Uh, Hopefully all of you, if you have any equipment needs, please turn to our friends at MidwestSports.com. They really do help make the wheels turn here at Crack Rackets. Support everything we do from the podcast to the broadcast and everything in between so remember midwestsports.com for the best equipment at the best prices use that promo code cr15 to let them know that we sent you there it's been a long week of podcasting. You're probably all sick of my voice. You know the deal by now, whether it's this podcast, the GSP, our Cracked Interviews feed, or anything we're doing at Cracked Records. We are trying to ensure you've got everything in the tennis world covered for you. You can find it all in one location on our website, CrackedRackets.com. You need the more immediate updates. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shop Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel West stuff for the of an ending job they do day in day out and in case you haven't gotten the message folks shout out to our friends at midwest sports go to midwestsports.com use that promo code cr15 with that in mind for my wonderful guest dave limke our super producers fligner and westoff our friends at midwest sports and all of us here at both cracked rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say that's the break and we'll see you all tomorrow thanks everyone